Welcome to Unity of Tucson. The song today is really a song about the capacity that we have for finding ultimately common unity, which is the core of community. And I believe that community, and, and for me specifically spiritual community, is one of the most important parts of a life. It's certainly a very important part of my life, and I am so grateful for spiritual community. I'm so grateful to be living within the construct of a spiritual community and to have welcomed spirituality in my life, and I have found a magnificent community that are all part of this magnificent thing called life. Rooted in love, flowing forth always. And so, we are all angels who only have one wing and we need each other to fly. We are stronger, we are absolutely stronger in our capacity to experience the most magnificent life we would like to experience, which is why I think so many of us come to places like this, we're looking for life to be better. And that's why I always say, you know, it is through the practical application of spiritual tools that life gets better. I will hold to that forever because that has been my experience. And I believe it can be the experience for each and every one of us. So I'm gonna talk about some practicality today in a way that you may not expect. I wanna talk about the lives we lead. The lives we lead. We lead, I have this idea. It's not a, I don't think I coined this idea. It's not mine, but I downloaded it from somewhere at some point along the way, uh, possibly from something I heard in media. I don't know. But I believe we each live three lives. We each live three lives. And sometimes those lives intersect and they appear the same. And sometimes they diverge and they live in contradiction with one another. And as I explain these particular lives, what I would love for you to do is I would love for you to reflect just initially on what comes to you as I express these lives. And the reflection I would like you to take into consideration is this. Are these aspects of your life, these three aspects of your life, are these three lives you are living in cohesion with one another or in contradiction to one another. And these are the three lives. I am getting to it, I promise. <laughs> these are the three lives that we lead. Each and every one of us leads a public life. Each and every one of us leads a personal life. And each and every one of us leads a private life. So let's just take for a moment the opportunity to consider if your public, personal, and private lives are in cohesion with one another or if there is contradiction between any of them. Just check in with yourself for a moment. And I want to talk a little bit about the private life first. These will all seem very, I think, obvious, but I'm going to express the obvious. The private life that we live, the private life that we live is the life that nobody sees. It is that inner life. Now, perhaps there are 
some close loved ones, some significant others in our lives that will see aspects of our private life, but even our private life is for the most part kept from those who are even closest to us. Your private life is just that, it is private. An aspect of life that is usually closely held for protection. Because there's that aspect within each and every one of us that says, oh, if I let this out, what will people think? Right? Well, let's set that aside for the moment. We, need, we don't need to worry about what people think because our private life is ours. And so we're just considering the private life for a moment. I mean, have you ever had the thought, oh, gosh, I hope nobody knows what I'm thinking? Anyone ever have that? I, <laughs> I have. <laughs> There are things that go through my mind. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was going to say something snarky like, and as a minister, those things that go through my mind sometimes that many people might think of as, oh, well, that's not very ministerial, is it? It's my private life. I get to keep it private. So that's the private life. The personal life that you live is a little more known. That really is what you share with your close confidence, your, uh, your significant others, your friends, your family. It is an extension of that protective wall, right? It is a place of greater comfort. We can express a little bit more in our personal life than we do in our private life. There's greater comfort in that. Um, we don't hold it quite so close. We worry less about expressing our personal lives to that inner circle than we do our private life. We don't worry as much about what people think we are thinking. And then there is our public life. And you do not have to be a public figure to live a public life. We are each and every one of us living a public life on, in some respect. Every time you walk out your front door, you are living a public life. It is the life you put out there absent fear. That's your public life. So what I would love for each and every one of us to do is to just simply close our eyes for a moment, take in a breath, just close your eyes and take in a breath. And for each of these aspects of living, I would like you to consider just one expression that each of these can contain, a part of your life that is private, just one idea that you can identify as a private life you live, one idea that is personal, and one idea that is public. And just check in to see what feelings come up for you in considering your private, your personal, and your public expression. What feelings come up for you? And now settle into this consideration, are those feelings cohesive or do they contradict one another? Allow yourself the opportunity for judgment-free awareness. When you're ready, you can open your eyes again. 
I mentioned judgment-free awareness because it is not my intention right now that you try to do anything about whether or not you're living with those cohesive feelings or feelings in contradiction within any aspect of those lives that you're living. One of the great benefits of new thought, now here's the thing, I'm not telling you to do anything about it now, but trust me, by the end of today, you're going to be directed to do something about it. (laughs) But one of the great benefits, and this is why I mentioned that, one of the great benefits of new thought, this new thought philosophy, is that we have constant access to what the subconscious is doing. We have constant access to reveal and reflect and understand what the subconscious is doing and creating in our lives. Because here's what happens. Those feelings that come up, those feelings that you may or may not, and if you didn't identify anything, don't worry about it right now. But you can always go back, watch the talk later, or listen to the talk later, and you can try it out again and see what comes up for you. But all of those things, um, those feelings that come up for you may be rooted in a subconscious, that thing that is below the level of awareness, a subconscious idea or belief that is either in service to or not in service to a life well lived. That's the great benefit that we have in New Thought is that our part of our spiritual work is to bring those notions up to the fore of our thinking to make ourselves aware of them. Now, these feelings of cohesion or contradiction, they are rooted in each and every one of us, usually below the level of awareness, and they express, here's the thing, whether or not we are aware of them, they are expressing in in the experience of our lives in every single moment. That's why it's the great joke. I say it's a joke. It's not really a joke. It is the great way we can all learn about what is happening, because we talk a lot about those things below the level of awareness. It is the great opportunity that we have to learn what is happening below the level of awareness. The joke is, if you want to know what that is, look at your life. Is your life a life lived in cohesion or in contradiction? It's a great, great way to start understanding what is happening below the level of awareness. We live moment to moment deciding what is going to be private, what is going to be personal, what is going to be public. And we may not even be aware that it is happening. In fact, I think a lot of the time, we are not aware that it is happening. But the consciousness, whether at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness, is always, 100% of the time, showing up as our life experience. And there is nothing inherently right or wrong. I don't want us to go into that space of judgment. There is nothing inherently right or wrong about any aspect of these lived lives unless you decide for them to be right or wrong. So all of this leads up to the big question that I want to ask today. Are you ready? The question is this. Who do you choose to be? Who do you choose to be in any given moment? Who are you choosing to be right in this moment? Because ultimately, let's not put our choice of who we are going to be out in the future. It will always remain in the future until we decide, I choose to be something now. 
So who do you choose to be in this moment? Are you choosing, do you choose to be someone who affirms the integrity of all life, the value of all people, and respects the common unity of all? Now, many of us are probably going, well, of course. Of course I do. I'm in this spiritual community called unity. I'm here. I understand and I respect the integrity of all life, the value of all people, and I respect the common unity of all. Now what I would like you to do is just check in without judgment and see if there's any part of your private or personal life that is in contradiction to that. And how do you choose to move forward? Do you choose something new? And that's what we can do. We can choose something new. How do you choose to be? Whom do you choose to be? How do you choose to express that innate sense of who you choose to be? Does every part of your life reflect these values? And that's why I wanted us to pay special attention today to the mission statement. The mission statement, love, inspiration. These are values, love, inspiration, learning, wholeness, acceptance, and joy. Do you live in alignment with those particular values? That's a great question. And in what way might you have a life that is lived in contradiction to that? Here's where I'm going with all of this. If these lives that we have are all in cohesion with one another, then I believe the innate result is peace. That's my belief. You can choose to believe something else, but that's my belief. I believe that when we are in cohesion, the innate result in the world of form and in the world of experience and within each and every one of us is peace. That's why I talk about the peace candle being that innate sense, the, 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 the consistent illumination of that which is within. If there is contradiction in any of that, then there is, we are living something that is opposite peace. And I, it's funny thing is, I see a lot of that. I'm not going to go down the road of saying all the ways I see contradictions to peace. It doesn't matter. Who do I choose to be in this moment? And who do you, each and every one of us choose to be in this moment? Do we let ourselves get railroaded by those things out there that seem contradictory to peace and allow ourselves to take that on as a belief? Or do we choose to be within the structure of those values? How do we find peace of mind? How do we find peace in our hearts? Find the cohesion. Find the cohesion of your private, personal, and public lives. This necessitates, it absolutely necessitates self-reflection, and not everybody likes to self-reflect. That can be a scary thing. But it's, it's a necessity to be an adherent within this philosophy. 99% of the work we do is in self-reflection. And so are you willing? Are you willing? Do you have the capacity to step into that willingness if you are not yet willing? Can you self-reflect? In what way are you in cohesion with your private, personal, and public life in love? inspiration, learning, wholeness, acceptance, and joy. 
the reflection can be on any place where we are or are not living these values. There's a, um, an experience, I, I think I've talked about this before. I, I, well, I, I mean, I, here's the thing. I know that I've talked about it before. I don't know that I've talked about it from this particular platform, so it's all brand new to most of you who have not been with me on my entire ministry journey. So I'm gonna tell you the story anyway. Uh, there is a place that we used to go to for what I called spiritual summer camp every summer when I was in, uh, when I was studying to become a minister. There was a summer retreat that we would go to at this place called Asilomar on the Monterey Peninsula in California. Absolutely magnificent, glorious uh, space to go and have the experience um, of, of settling into deepening to that which we are. And, you know, you go there, and, and this, this retreat that I would go to, it was like there would be hundreds of people, ministers and, 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 and teachers, and, and we would go and we'd hear these magnificent talks from these luminaries in the New Thought Movement, and we'd have magnificent music. It's actually where I got to know Michael Gott and, and uh, um, Karen Drucker and a lot of people in the New Thought world of music. And... Um, you know, it's it, it just magical. It's just a magical time. And boy, you go through this whole week of this spiritual retreat, and you're, by the end, you're just like floating, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you get in your car, and you know, this is up in the Monterey Peninsula, and I used to go there when I lived in uh, Los Angeles. And we would get in our car at the end of the week, and we're like, yeah, we're going to go back, and we're going to take all of this love and light right back down the coast to Los Angeles. Yeah, but of course, the first thing you have to do when you leave the Asilomar grounds is you have to go to the gas station because you're not going to make it all the way to Los Angeles unless you have a full tank of gas. So we got to this gas station, and I was there with, um, with my mentor in ministry, Dr. James Mellon. He was just Reverend James Mellon at the time, and he had given a talk that summer, this particular summer that I'm talking about, and he, you know, it was his Asilomar debut. So a lot of people came and saw his talk. Um, and so we pull up to gas up the car, and there's a, you know, on the other side, uh, using the pump on the other side is this car of, uh, of people, and they're all out there, and they're having this, you know, they're having this discussion around who paid for gas and how much I owe and how much you owe. It was clearly a group of people that had, you know, traveled together. We didn't know where from. And uh, they're just, you know, going at it. Oh, this, that. Mm, uh. it's, it's like, well, you paid for gas at this place and I paid for gas at that place. And how is this all going to balance out? And they had this big old discussion around it. And then, you know, one of them just looks over and sees uh, James Mellon with a uh, gas pump putting gas in the tank, and they look at it and go, oh, Reverend James, they say. <laughs> Reverend James, oh, you gave such a wonderful talk at Asilomar. So it's really fascinating that at the end of that entire week where we're walking away floating, how quickly we can be brought back down to the base aspects, right? Where are we not in cohesion with the values that we claim? It can happen without us even realizing that it's happening. But we're living moment to moment. So when it is recognized and when it is realized, we get to allow ourselves to move forward in a different direction. I think we have, I think we're living basically in this life, in, you know, uh, uh, there, 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 is, there is the opportunity that we all have in every moment to either devolve into that bickering, less than cohesive group or rise above it. 
there's a big old gas station where a lot of this comes to fruition, and I'm not gonna get into the big old discussion around this today, but I'll tell you, the big gas station these days, the place where I see so much of this contradictory activity happening is social media. It is, you know, it, 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 social media, I think, is a blessing and it is a curse. <laughs> it is a blessing in its potential and it is a curse in its potential. Get it? It is a blessing and a curse. That's just one aspect of our outward expression where we can be either in cohesion or in contradiction. Oh, I, I think it's very easy to see in social media. Now, whether we are engaged in social media or not, and I, you know, I know that many within this community are not that engaged in social media, but I am of a generation that was like really computer savvy, so social media was a big thing to get involved in early on. Um, but that social media, here's the thing, that is an outward expression that is part of our public life, right? And many of us bring our personal and private life to that public forum. And if it is not in cohesion with what we would like to be, the values we carry, which is a lot of times what I see, then what are we putting out there publicly? It's just something to check in on. Are we in cohesion? Are we walking angels? I believe that if we find that space of cohesion within our hearts, we are walking angels. What is our innate drive? Are we radiating peace? We can be. We absolutely can be. If we have the willingness to release the contradictions and live in cohesion to activating those values within each and every one of us, to love, to inspire, to learn, to integrate, to accept, and do it all in joy. That's how we find peace. This is the second week of Advent, and the second week of Advent is typically all about peace. So who do you choose to be today? Now, you may be wondering, weren't you going to talk about science fiction? Your talk title today was Warp Drive. Warp Drive. This is what warp drive means. It is that innate desire and drive within us to be walking angels, radiating peace. W-A-R-P, walking angels, radiating peace. What is your drive today? How will you choose to be today? What will you do to begin to find that space of cohesion today? Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.